We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid much. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. Oh, the fan. Hour number three, Danny and Dusty with you. Oh, speaking of Goonies, have you seen the new update to the Goonies house? The banners out front? Astoria. I, yeah. I know that was bought, and then the house next to it was bought. But was there, what yeah. else? Is there more? So uh, two rich buddies bought the Goonies house and the house next door. And uh, so they bought two houses. Yes. So the house next to the Goonie house, their neighbor on the other side has posted a banner that says, Goonies not welcome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But but there's more. Uh, the Goonies house has a banner up that says, Welcome Goonies. And then the house next to it says, Ignore Karen with a massive arrow pointing to the Goonies <laughs> Not Welcome sign. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I, hope, I hope her name really is Karen. Uh, the best part about this is that it's like, these guys, uh, I think they're from New York. Is that where they were from? The guys who bought it? I think they were from New York. So, Definitely not Astoria. If they they're just coming in guns a blazing, like you know what? No, screw you. You live next to the Goonies house. Goonies are always welcome, and they never say die. I think that's a fantastic development in this. Um, all right, let's get back to uh, football. Uh, the Niners are a damn good football team, but there was a butterfly effect moment in that game that I think completely changed the way that the game played out and maybe kind of the outcome of the game. Because think of this. We all laughed at Brett Maher because he got that extra point blocked at the beginning. And that wasn't even close. Like that ball was going oh, it was so going far left. It was knuckled and sideways. It went so far in uh shout outs. How about local guys making an impact? Not just the, the interception from Oregon duck Eric Armstead pressuring Dak Prescott and Oregon Duck Diamador Lenore picking off Dak Prescott, but Samson uh, Ibukam with the blocked extra point, a couple of pressures in that game. Uh, Osa Odigizua was all over the field. David Douglas has won like four football games in like three years or whatever, but they have, they've pumped out three phenomenal NFL football players in Owo Odigizua, Osa Odigizua, and Samson Ibukam. Like that's that might be one of the more wild stats out there is that like a public high school that's not really great three NFL guys. It's definitely not a uh, really powerhouse good. in the country or in Oregon, let alone the country. Uh, no, but you had that that blocked kick that was nowhere close to making it. But imagine the butterfly effect if they had faith in their kicker. Okay, <laughs> all right, because there was a moment 
in that game where they had the, they had an opportunity at a 53-yard field goal. Do you remember this? And instead mm-hmm. of kicking it, they went for it on fourth down. They picked up the fourth down. Okay? That should be noted. Do you know what happened the very next play? Where if if all if they have faith in Brett Maher, they probably kick a 53-yard field goal cuz that is within range now. Yeah. The next play Tony Pollard got hurt. Oh, they went for it on fourth down. They right, got right, it. Right, right, right. Then Pollard gets hurt. The play after that, Dak throws a pick and San Francisco gets a field goal. So instead of kicking their 53-yard field goal, there's a six-point swing right before half because San Francisco had faith in their kicker and Robbie Gould hits a 50-yard field goal to send him into half. Like, think of that butterfly effect of where... When points were sparse in the game. Points were sparse. It was it was looking like it would be the final drive of the game of the half. Okay, you're if you have faith in your kicker, if Brett Maher doesn't have what he did in Tampa Bay, and then that extra point doesn't get blocked the way that it does, you probably go all right. Hey, we're going to kick a 53 yard field goal because if we miss it, then we're it, it, we're fine. We're going to be okay. Our defense is playing lights out, which they were. Demarcus Lawrence was a one-man wrecking crew because so much attention was being paid to Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons still had an impact on that game. They they were playing sideline to sideline, stringing everything out so well, which is so hard to do when you got Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and you have George Kittle. Like it is such a hard thing to do. Dallas was incredible at that yesterday, so they had faith in their defense, but. Two deflating things happen after you don't have the faith in Brett Maher to kick that field goal and, and, and go to half. Tony Pollard gets hurt. Dak Prescott throws an interception, his second one. Oh. That, Are those bad things that have happened to you? Yeah. It is. Your running back literally breaks his leg and Dak Dax. And how deflating is that? How and you deflating have to, you is You have that? to think McCarthy looks at it and looks down at Maher and goes, not a, I can't do it. Not a chance I'm kicking a 53-yard no. field goal with you. Now, if it was first kick of the game last week, he's probably taking that field goal had he not missed four extra points and then got his first one this week blocked. And that 25-yarder, man, everybody was white-knuckling that bad boy. That was was one of those butterfly effects. I was just sitting there going, what is the ripple effect of all of this going to be, man? I mean, this this could have a long-lasting impact. Um, And sure enough, man, it did, but... The moral of the story of this whole game, 49ers are really damn good at football mm-hmm. still. And they they played a game. They force you into those decisions. They sure do. They sure do. But they played a game that they didn't want to get into a shootout. And Kyle Shanahan even mentioned this after the game in his post-game press conference. Shanahan was talking about the final minute where they did kick that field goal instead of putting up a little bit of pressure and putting their foot on the gas. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just because I can hear, but just because I'm a fan too, and I would be very annoyed. Um, but I'm pretty confident with what we did there. Um, it's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons when you play a good team like that, that, you know, you, you hold them to 12 points. I think that stuff has to do with it. I think playing the game that way and the situation and know who, who you're going against, momentum of the game, I, I think that stuff's important. Momentum of the game. They got an interception. They were able to go down the field, put themselves in field goal range. All they wanted to get was three, knowing how that game would play out. And then from there on, I thought the most – there's a lot of 
just kind of swing plays in that. That George Kittle catch sent that entire team into Kittle mode. Where Brock Purdy damn near gets George Kittle killed. Murdered. Trayvon Diggs looks like he's going to tear his bleeping head off. He is uh, tipping the ball to himself three different times. And then he last second sees Diggs coming and goes, "Ah, nope. He he hauls it in. And that was, like, it's one of the best catches you'll see. Mm -hmm. One, the man is fearless. and Because he could have gotten murdered. Diggs had dangerous intentions with that hit. There's not a thin line between fearless and dumb. There's a it's a Venn diagram. Yeah, no, they overlap. And it's George, the same circle. George Kittle lives in that. Yeah, and and so when you when you have a play like that though, everything ramped up a notch. Like they went in, that whole offense went into Kittle mode. They started imposing their will in the run game. They started just smashing the ball down the throat of the Dallas Cowboys. That to me was the most incredible thing about it is that they played with brutality after that play. Everybody fed off of it. I mean, you had so many, and, and Brock Purdy did too, because there was a third and three where Brock Purdy, was, I think it was like seven minutes to go in the game. Like when that momentum swing happened after the Kittle catch and they, they start marching down the field, they had a third and seven or third and three uh, where Purdy delivered an absolute dime in traffic, back shoulder to Christian McCaffrey. When they went empty on third and three, everybody knew they were throwing throwing the football, and he delivered a strike. Like, everybody fed off of that catch, and that momentum went from that play, and it just you just could mark it all the way down through the remainder of that game where they were in control. Would you say that Brock Purdy has a very large appendage? I would say that uh, George Kittle does. Ah. And, and Brock Purdy. Is sure. it contagious? It, uh, boy, if it is, I'm sure I'm going to start hanging out with the 49ers then. <laughs> Ross mean, is over like, should I clip this? I that don't whole, know. The whole Bang Bang Niner gang has a whole new meaning now. <laughs> I'm here for the Bang Bang? Yeah. There was uh Go ahead. I know you want that one. That Yeah, you need you to do. do that. You're going to have to go gra- grab that one. That one's going to have to be plucked away for sure. <clears throat> Niners, man. They have that Super Bowl feeling about them. I, listen, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I get it. But I am. Things could change between now and Friday. But I am on the Eagles. Yep. It's hard. It's hard not to. These defenses are really dang mm-hmm. good. And Brock Purdy still has not paid for the sins of his risky throws because. The Anthony Barr threw Anthony Barr's hands almost off the hip of Ayuk and then through the hands of uh, Trevion Diggs, where Ayuk, if you put it on Ayuk, he, he had a half of a step on those guys. And you, it's a it's a narrow window, but you can't, you can't leave it there, man. You cannot leave it there. He has almost made them pay, but he hasn't. Do you think Z- totally uh, off tangent, I just started thinking about this as the clip played on my Twitter feed again. Do you think Zeke has a newfound respect for offensive linemen? No. 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 That would that would require Ezekiel Elliott to have awareness. <laughs> that man lined up with the confidence that he was going to dominate this play and then went, whoops! Everything in that form is so terrible. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to get this. And he got it. Yep. He got it. Yep. It's It was... I'm. I can't stop watching it. It's fantastic. Yeah, and this it, is it's in the it. You hate to see it Olympics, 
it's a gold medalist because my god do you love to see it you do you really <laughs> really do you love to see it um all right this text uh 503-250-1080 niners are gonna get smoked by the eagles they barely beat the cowboys styles make fights man and that game between the uh niners and the cowboys it was a we both of those defenses were so dang good i don't i don't think it's going to be a high scoring nfc championship game but the flaws in Matt, in saying like transitive properties because dallas which didn't dallas beat philly earlier this year too Did yeah in split? in dallas wasn't that the wasn't that the minshew game yeah maybe I think that was the Minshew game. Yeah, they went 40-34. to 34. Yeah. Uh, so that also happened. And then the Eagles in Cowboys, the first game was 26-17. It wasn't like it was a blowout by any stretch. Um, yeah, wasn't that Cooper Rush, though? Was that Cooper Rush? I think it was. That got hurt week three or four. Man. So that was a Cooper Rush game? Uh-huh. And that was a 26-17 game? <laughs> it was Cooper Rush. <laughs> Cooper Rush threw for 181 yards and three interceptions, and the score was 26-17. But look what they did to him. Yeah. but And, and, then, that's, and in the other game with wait, Dak, they barely beat him. Wait a minute. Yeah. Jalen Hurts threw for 155 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to see is a low-scoring game, and the defenses are going to be fun as hell to on, watch. On fire. They are, and that is the hallmark of championship-caliber teams. And I don't think that it was – the 49ers playing with their food, which I think is a problem for a team like Kansas City, because we've seen that time and time again. Like how how all these close games in Kansas City, yes, or two days ago was an exception to that because of the fact Patrick Mahomes got hurt. But they always play in tight playoff games. San Francisco wasn't playing with their food; they were in a knockout dragout fight, mm-hmm. and they made Dak Prescott who apparently had found his rhythm, looked very pedestrian yet again. I'm excited for Niners in Eagles. I think that's going to be a, a hell of a point. I'm excited for the Bengals and Chiefs. You know what I'm really excited for? We have great uniform matchups. We do. I only wish that the Eagles were wearing their Kelly – they had Kelly green. Mm-hmm. But we've got we've got great uniforms in the I wish, conference championship week. I wish the Bengals would wear the all-whites and the Chiefs would go with the all-reds. <clears throat> Like red pants? Yeah. Didn't, didn't they have the? Weren't they in the ketchup and mustard game? Who? Who? Wasn't that the Chiefs? Chiefs were. Yeah. Chiefs were go, in the. So I, go. So go all red. Yeah, and then have and the, have the Bengals wear their all whites all with the white helmet. That'd be pretty cool. I'm, just that, we never get that solid delineation. Yeah. yeah. The monochrome outfit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I thought you were saying Niners go all red. And no, no, like, no, never. No. No, wear them no. gold pants. No, the Niners. If they're if the Niners like... are wearing anything, wear the whites, the throwback whites. Yeah, with the with the drop shadow mm-hmm. on them. But yeah, where you they always have to wear gold pants. Um, I don't like them when they would go white on white. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Wear the gold pants because yes. when they sweat, it looks like they all peed their pants. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. Danny, you 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 posed this question at the beginning of the show. Yes, I'd love to see what what people's answers are. Which quarterback do you want over the next five to ten years in the NFL? You can only have one. This is like Highlander. There can only be one. Next on the fan. I'm here for the bang bang?
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, which quarterback do you want? Next five to ten years, 503-250-1080. That is a very, very reliable, dependable fan text line. Uh, first two texts. Uh, the very first one comes in and says, uh, Joe Burrow. That's it. You know what the second one is? The only hmm. legit answer to what quarterback you want for the next ten seasons is, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Any other answer is sports talk radio BS. No, it's actually a legitimate conversation. Because no, the, the guy that beat Patrick Mahomes is... Uh... On that list. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting one where I, I think that it may it may vary as the season has gone on even. Um, because that, that texture is right, though, in that there are very few elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and those guys that you want. But as you are looking at it, Burrow and Mahomes... If you're looking at 10 years and you have to hit your rag into one, mm-hmm. both of them, because they have that it factor about them. And I don't think that there is necessarily a wrong answer here in that it can be somebody else besides Patrick Mahomes. It can be Joe Shiesty, because look at what Burrow has done. Burrow has been absolutely incredible in his first three years in the NFL. He's gone to a Super Bowl. He's back in the AFC Championship game, and it, he did it with the Cincinnati friggin' He's Bengals. He's 24-17-1 with the Bungles. Woo! Arguably one of the three worst-run sports franchises of the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a texture earlier that says, I've been a, a Cincinnati Bengals fan for 30 years. I've seen five playoff wins, all of them with Joe Burrow. Think about that. He's, he is... He is he is one of two. He took a defunct organization and made them viable single handedly. They've had other coaches. They've had other good players. They've had they've had good quarterbacks yeah. too. I mean, Carson Palmer was a very good quarterback for yeah. a long time. Marvin Lewis was a good coach. Yeah, I mean, you, how many times in a row did they make it the playoffs? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. It was like six or seven. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, they didn't win the game, but most coaches don't make the playoffs regularly. <laughs> well, they didn't win the game, but <laughs> but that just kind of shows you how good Joe has been. Yeah, he has. To cast yeah. all that aside, Zach Taylor was close to getting fired until Joe Burrow bailed him out. Yeah, and are they still taking game balls to bars? We need to do that. Mm. Remember Zach yeah. Taylor was doing that where he'd like take a game ball to a bar still. We need to do that. Needs to be the playoff tradition. I don't think they're doing that anymore. That, that, I think one of the Bengals' uh, uh, offensive linemen just did. Hmm. Okay, their center. But good. That's what you need to do. 
Um, this text says, I'm a Bengals fan, and I wouldn't trade Burrow for Mahomes. Well, of course, you're a Bengals fan. That's why you wouldn't do it. Yeah, but Bengals deliver three game balls of Cincinnati bars falling went over Buffalo. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you need to do. Keep on, keep on keeping on, Cincy. Um, but Mahomes, in the marriage that he has with Andy Reid, in a functional and dependable franchise, mm-hmm. okay, he said has been good for. 25 years. He stepped into a very good situation where he got to learn from Alex Smith, has a has a coach that this is his fifth straight AFC title, and Patrick Mahomes is a damn magician. Also has Eric Bandy drawing things up with Andy Reid. But Andy Reid went to five straight NFC championship uh-huh. games as well. Did he win a Super Bowl? No, not there. Mm. Mahomes got there, got him over the hump. Like Ma- Patrick Mahomes is incredible. And like I love how people are like, ah, Mahomes way better than Burrow. Is he? Because Joe Burrow... Because he looks prettier doing it. ...got sacked 51 times last year in the regular season and guided his team to a, to a Super Bowl last year. It is incredible what Joe Burrow is doing. The confidence, the cerebral ap- approach that both of those guys have and leadership styles that are completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still wildly effective. I like Joe Burr. I, I like both. I love both these guys. Yes, but I like Joe Burrow because of that it factor, mm-hmm. it, and it, it is that coolness about him. Yes, but I also love the style of play. I love the style of play where I, for me, love the fact that he gets the ball out quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it is, I'm going to get the ball, bang, bang, bang. And I'm going to distribute. Mahomes is different, man. And it, it, this is stylistically a it's different extend question. by time, mm-hmm. make the incredible happen with an arm slot that you're like, how does he not need Tommy John after that throw? It's in, it, it is nuts. Joe Burrow has that kind of Brady esque quality of sliding, moving. If I don't have time, but he's step up way later. more athletic than Tom. He, yes, that's the thing. It's like Joe's still like a four six forty guy, <laughs> but. He is. He's got that cerebral ap- approach to the mm-hmm. game as well. Both of these guys do. It is stylistically, what do you like? And look, if you say Mahomes, hell yeah, Mahomes. Mahomes makes the incredible look spectacular. Yeah. Joe Burrow makes the incredible look routine. Yep. Yep. I think that's, that's a great the, way to put it. I think that's the difference between them. Yeah. When you see Joe Burrow do do something, you're just like he just uncorks one for fifty five up the sideline, and you go, oh. You see Mahomes do it, it's whoa, because he's rolling, throwing across his body, opposite way, getting chased, doing all of these things. But Joe does it without having to do that. Yeah. And I think that's what made and there's there's some Brett Favre to him. That there's a gunslinger mentality that's yeah. must see TV. Whereas I think Joe is more in the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady mold. Yeah. Uh, text 503-250-1080. Uh, so let's put Mahomes in Cincinnati and Burrow and KC. Who wins more? I say Mahomes. I would disagree. Hmm. Let Burrow start his career with those weapons, that coach, that offense, everything around him. Well, thirteen. We're we're, we're saying fourteen and three, and now twelve and four. I mean, we're really kind of splitting hairs here. Because of the seasons that both of them had. Well, it's, it's not a shot at Mahomes. It's yeah. Mahomes going to Cincinnati the last two years. It's 10 and 6, 12 and 4. Do you think Mahomes does more than that with that no. team? No. From the jump as a, as a second and third year player? Um, I don't know because we never saw it. But what we do know is that uh, 
he got to sit for an entire year, and then he stepped into a fantastic coaching situation. About as good a situation, situation as you can get into. Yeah. And that's not his fault, and I'm not holding that against him. But oh, Burrow, gosh, no. Burrow did more with less out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes, that dude, is he has done so much as far as, like, he, he has had that Steph Curry-esque element of his game that we we well we're already starting to see it you start seeing high school quarterbacks try to do the stuff that he does and you're like no don't do that just like you go into a gym and you see guys chucking up threes and you're looking around like what the hell are you doing mm-hmm. um it's it, it is an element of what he does and makes look so easy is now you're starting to see quarterbacks pick up horrific habits thinking oh I saw I saw Patrick Mahomes do that. I can do that. No, you can't. No, you it's can't. Not a thing you can do. It's been it's been really interesting watching um, a lot of national commentators compare Caleb Williams yeah. to Patrick Mahomes. And I honestly, I think it's one of Caleb Williams's faults is that he tries to be too Mahomesian. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. I'm not downplaying Mahomes in any way, shape, matter, or form. Do you know what his career record is? Uh, no. He is sixty four and sixteen. That's ugh, incredible. That's incredible. Through 80 games, he is 64 and 16. Yep. Um, That's insane. Yes, it is. Uh, this text is, Cincinnati may have the best wide receiving room in the NFL. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, that's a pretty good start. And, oh, Mixon, not bad. I'm Okay. <laughs> are we gonna, Vikings might have something to say about that. <laughs> are, are we also going to disregard what? Kansas City was rolling out for years, and then they reloaded with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. They still got Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which he is a possession guy, and he is no Tyreek friggin' Hill, <laughs> which is what they had last year and the years prior. Tyreek Hill was probably the most explosive player in football for two-plus years, maybe three. Three, yeah. Pretty good, man. <laughs> Again, Jamar just got in the league. Yep, that, 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 and that's that's the thing that where I look at this and I wonder. It's, and, it's not that I'm holding anything against Mahomes. It's just that Burrow has had to do so much more from the jump, and I, there's and just something about him I trust. Patrick Mahomes had all of those receivers in one of the best offensive lines in the, the National Football League. They do, and they do. Yes, they do, and also one of the best offensive minds that's they ever do. existed. Which is also, and that's like, that goes back to, does it make his talents any less incredible? No. No, it doesn't. They are completely different, though. Um, they are. They, they, they genuinely are. 503-250. And again, if you're picking Mahomes, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just looking at it going, if you're asking me, I'm taking Burrow. Well, there's a Chiefs fan that's very upset about this. <clears throat> and that's okay. Like, how, that's dare, Chiefs how, how dare you denigrate Patrick Mahomes? Well, no, he just he wants this guy to get his respect, and there is no, again start this end this where we started. There's no wrong answer here. No, they're the two best quarterbacks in the sport by far. Yeah, I think th- Damn, this season has been the, the the demarcation line where we wondered: Is Allen on that level? Is Herbert on that level? Uh, does anybody else kind of make that ascension? Those two have separated as the Brady and Manning of this generation so far. Uh, it's Texas Mahomes is in his fifth straight AFC title and is 64 and 16 in the regular season. All he does is win and break records. Fact. True. Joe Burrow's in his second in three years in the <laughs> NFL. 
That's also a fact. Yes. And he got injured the first year. Yeah, how many games did he play as rookie? They were terrible. They weren't going to make it. No. <laughs> they weren't going to make it but that it, year. Didn't, but... he, didn't he get hurt like week three? I don't know, but he tore his ACL and he, it was – everybody's like, uh, Zach Taylor, coaching no, he malpractice. He played 10 games. Dang it. God, it was that far into the season. Tore his ACL. Boom. Done. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's play our respects, the Shans. Um, a legend. And Rip yeah. City's never going to be the same. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right. Um, the mayor of City passed away over the weekend at the age of 93 years old, Bill Shonley. One of... Uh, Legitimately I, one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, in one of the most influential Portlanders mm-hmm. ever. I mean, think about this. He came up with the the phrase Rip City. On the spot, didn't coin it like looking for something. It just happened. And that has become the moniker of the entire city. It's literally non-basketball related. It's Rip City. It is across the chest of uniforms. It is the hashtag of the Portland Trailblazers. It is the identity of Portland Trailblazers fans is, is Rip City. It Bingo, bingo, bongo. You've got to make your uh, free throws. Well, it's one of my favorites. Is you've got, Actually, it's pretty terrible time because you're always like you've got to make your free throw things aren't going well for no you. you've missed your free throws lickety brindle up the middle yeah he he was iconic and it, it wasn't just here in portland you saw the the reverence of people across the nba yeah. for the shans and he's uh, a hall he of meant. fame broadcaster yeah this is portland's chick Hearn. yeah and the shans was i mean he was the voice of my childhood like yes. watching the portland trailblazers growing up it was Bill Shonley was <laughs> wherever was, you may be. It was so incredible, though, when if anybody ever got the chance to meet Sean's. Um, he always wanted to talk basketball, man. Uh, he wanted to talk anything, mm-hmm. anything. And you could talk anything with with Sean's basketball. You know, he was a proud veteran, yep. too. Um, and that's how he got kind of into the sports broadcasting yeah. on the Armed Forces Network. He was a guy that. Uh, he never seemed like it was an inconvenience to say hi to the Shans and for the Shans to to make you feel special. And that was that's a gift that uh, he had that is pretty rare, actually. I I don't know how many names he ever remembered because it was, oh, there he is. You know? <laughs> and a, a guy or buddy, uh, you know, but he always made you feel important. And yeah. that was that that was the incredible part about Bill Shanley, um, was that he was just a normal guy that was an icon to this city and you would see you know what, what it was like 10 15 years ago his red cadillac with his rip city license mm-hmm. plates you knew you were behind the shots yep. he was special man he was so uh, i've been covering the team in, in some facet or another for a dozen years right mm-hmm. i i got to see sean's and and talk to him and meet him and be around him when i i'd say his faculties were still there yeah and even there at the very end, 
you won't find many 90 year olds, 90 plus year olds that were there. Like he was, No, it was, it was impressive. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time for the last 10 years in the Tualatin Wilsonville area. I was living out there, working out there. Um, I ran into Sean's at one place that I worked at. Like we would run into each other at lunch twice a week, just all the time. So we always used to talk. I, then I shared this story on Twitter the other day, but, we ran into each other. He smiled and nodded at me. How you doing? I'm going. I'm doing good, Sean. How you doing? What? I gotta ask you, man. What's? What keeps you going nowadays? Like you're, you, you've done everything. And then, and when I say he was 87 at the time, and pulls the sucker out of his mouth and kind of old man waves it at me with a little smile on his face, and he goes, two things that I really want to do. I want to make it to 90 to say I made it." And I want to make it to the 50th anniversary. <laughs> check and check. And he goes, I think that about do it for me. Because mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't remember exactly what he said. But it was like, I've lived a life. Yeah. And he really, really, really wanted that 50th anniversary. Just to see all the faces come back mm -hmm. together. It wasn't about him. It was about 50 years of his life. He's yeah. there on day one. For him to see 50 years of this franchise, let's let's put this in perspective. If I've been covering this team for 12 years, that's in 38 years from now for me to see another 50 years. Mm -hmm. Would that mean something to me if I was involved with that franchise Absolutely. for the next 38 years? Yeah, I mean, it dominates your life. But the glow and the love, not only for the organization, but its people and what it stood for, and what it meant and means to this city, that was Sean's, man. Yep. I, you, if you work in this industry long enough, you will find somebody who has a bad story about somebody. You will not find that with Bill Sean. <laughs> He's great. You just won't. He's great. He's, he, was, uh, he was a legend, man. And there's not very many people that will have the impact on a city collectively. I mean, we call him the mayor of Rip City. Think about that. It's bigger than Portland. <laughs> In a city it's, that hates its mayors. Yeah. The one that they love is the the honorary one. But it's bigger than Portland, man. Yeah. Because the Blazers are Oregon's team. Yes. Southwest Washington's team. It is it, it's so so wide encompassing mm -hmm. what it means, uh, that Bill Shonley, the legend himself, and he always had time for everybody. And I remember playing in the I, I got a chance to play in the uh, Maurice Lucas golf tournament with uh, mm. his son, Rick, who's awesome dude too. Um, but Sean's was going around in a cart, making sure he went to every single group and just to say, hi, see how everybody's putting, taking his uh, celebrity putt mm -hmm. putts for everybody out there. Because when the Sean's was out there, he, he could knock down some putts. There for you go. You. And uh, it was, it was a really cool just to see him, be that guy. Be the yeah. mayor. Shake hands, kiss babies. That's what he. Listen, that's what he was here as for. A, as an ambassador, broadcasting. You career. could not ask for more. Yeah, man. You could not. And, and he he encapsulated what it means to be an ambassador. He furthered the game. He went to the furthest outreaches in this state to br bring Blazers basketball to everyone. Yep. It was what he loved. 
My dad, RIP, shared a birthday with Sean's, and every year he reminded us. Huge fan. That text coming in. I still remember being a kid, and I was playing golf with my dad at his country club in Salem. We came off the course, and Sean's was in the process of shooting commercial in front of the pro shop. I just stood there and watched him do a couple of takes, even as a young kid. I knew he was a legend. He was. He had that presence about him, he too. He was small. Which he is so tiny because like he's 5'2". Yeah. <laughs> but he had that presence about him that uh, it was awesome. Dame's story from practice this weekend was great. He goes, they asked him if you know if he had a little anecdote. Remember the, the commercial he did with Standard? Yeah. He said that they were, they were going back and forth. They were there for a couple hours, and you know they were joking around. And Sean's laid down on one of the mattresses. Dame says he looked away and he came back a second later. Sean's was asleep. <laughs> he's like, he's taking a nap on the mattress in the yeah. store, and nobody was going to say anything to him because he's Bill Shonley. But he talked about all the private conversations and how the very first thing that he ever told Dame was that he was the inventor of Rip City. And he, he's like, no, seriously, I'll get you the clip. And he really like, he, he loved that. Mm-hmm. He loved that that was his thing that he brought. Not that it was his. He loved that it was his that he brought to the city. That's what made him special. And the, the franchise has leaned into it so hard. You know, it literally is across yeah. the Blazers' chest. Yes. Uh, more text. I took my oldest boy to Game 5 against OKC, a.k.a. The Shot, and got there early enough to meet Sean Lee and get pictures and an autograph. Great night, great memory, and Rip City. And he'd always give everybody a Rip City, too. That was that was a great part about him. My friend, another text. My friend received a broadcast award at U of O, and I was invited. Uh, and Bill Shonley was there. I sat at his table, had lunch, and talked with him. Great guy. Again, this is this is what uh, the fans you'll you will not find people with a negative story about Bill Shonley. And a lot of times, that's not the case. No, that's what I mean. When people pass. No, you know. You know, you get your, your moment of flowers, but also, hmm. well, and especially somebody who's around for that long. One of the things, too, that uh, makes it tough here in, in Portland is uh, I know a lot of a lot of fans don't know him, but uh, John Curry also passed away uh, this past week. And Suddenly and unexpectedly. Yeah, he was uh, camera four, which means uh, visitor side bench. If you're watching the game baseline on TV, camera. he was the right hand side of your screen. The guy underneath the baseline kind of sitting next to Ron Sloy. The guy who got run over all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, and Curry passed away uh, this past week, and, and he was also one of the nicest people you will ever meet. Um, always had time, always made a way to connect with people, too. Yes. And uh, found a connection in, you know, as Sean's was, uh, Curry was a, a proud veteran as well. With a team for 39 years, he was going into next year's 40th year, and he had hoped that that would be his yeah. retirement year. Because he had been there for so long, and Curry and I have had this thing going for for quite some time. Because he's proud veteran, uh, prior Navy, on prior Air Force, um, we'd flip each other hell. Yep, every chance we got, every he would be doing a mic test and make a quip about the Air Force or the Navy being better. And it was just something so stupid, yeah, but something so fun. Like if you were in the the pregame press conferences, like you'd see us just going back and forth, having fun. Yep. And, you know, they, they go for the Denver trip. And, you know, I, I personally made a habit of, you know, I, I gave him a dap as I walked the, the baseline up to the, the media row. And I didn't I didn't know, that, you know, the last time that I did, he was going to be gone. Yep. And that sucks. Man. That tough. It's tough. It's tough for a lot of people that, uh, that know 
anything about the inner workings of the, the Blazer broadcasting because he was also NBC uh, Sports, yep. was a cameraman in studio there. Um, it was just a hell of a guy, hell of a guy for to lose as well. So uh, Curry and uh, Sean's, we both lost this week, and awesome people, awesome human beings. Yep. All right, um, <clears throat> we put a wrap on the show, 503-250-1080. Danny and Dusty on the fan. I felt the air rise up in me, kneel down and clear the stone of leaves. I wonder I will Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, it is uh, 2.50. We've got five minutes. We're going to hand it off to primetime with Huskin Soup. We've got you from 3 to 7. And then uh, all you Cruton folks out there. Cruton. Cruton show with Andrew Nemec tonight. 7-8 because of an Oregon Duck basketball game on Thursday. Oh, man. Um, what a week it, What a weekend it was. We had a lot. We had a lot. We sportsed hard. We had a lot to get to over the weekend. We managed to get this far into the show, and we even talked about how Shannon Sharp should be banned from an NBA arena for oh. life. Should he? Absolutely. If that was you or me doing what he did, we would have been thrown to the ground, dragged by our teeth out of the arena. He was out of freaking pocket. Yeah, it turns out being rich and famous, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to deal with that. Unless stuff. you're Charles Oakley in New York, where you're the owner of the team you play for it has you removed. Well, he didn't yell at Jeannie Buss. He yelled at uh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks. Which everybody should be able to yell at Dylan Brooks. But also, when Stephen Adams come over, you should shut the hell up. Yeah, it was noticeable in the video. Uh, his that eye of, up. his eyes are averted. He did not <laughs> want to look at Stephen Adams. And Stephen Adams was, was moving grown people like... The side like just bowling m- pins. Moving them nope. aside. Uh, I'm, I'm here for that. I look, would like to see that. Celebrity death match. Look, Unk, Stephen Adams, Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp. Still benching 400 pounds. Threw it up on IG the other day. Yeah. In phenomenal shape, huge dude, played in the physical era. He's still 54. Yeah. 54, 59. It's one or the other. I have no idea. Steven Adams is 29, seven foot tall, 270 pounds, is one of 18 children, and is universally considered the strongest player in the NBA by every player I've ever talked to. Yeah. That man picked up Tony Bradley, a six foot 11, 270 pound center, like a paperweight, and gently set him down 60 feet away. And he has a, an accent that is so diffusing. <laughs> Like you don't think. Talk, talk to your big man. Yeah, it, it, uh, you don't think that uh, he's he's as ornery as he is, but here he is, um, and there we go. Zach Randolph tried to punch him in the face and like held his hand afterwards. Would say that again. Zach Randolph tried to punch yeah. him in the Stephen Adams in the face. Yeah. Stephen Adams's face won. Oh, oh, okay. So he did punch yes. him in the face. I say tried because. Well, Zach had to recoil after that. Oh, what had, what did he do? I can't remember what the dust-up was about, but Stephen oh. Adams kind of looked at him afterwards like, you want to see what happens oh. when it's my turn? That's it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, Stephen Adams is, get that guy to Portland. No? I've always liked Stephen oh, Adams. Oh, God, look. I'm on him here. The big Kiwi's great, uh, if nothing else, for the vibes. Yeah, great vibes. Some of this team needs. I'll tell you right now, that 
that's exactly the kind of guy Portland needs. Uh, Godspeed to this texture out here. Uh, you typically couldn't pay me to attend tonight's Blazer game, yet I'm taking my seven-year-old twins at, uh, for their birthday. Lord save me. I can't even drink <laughs> at it since I'm driving. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to pay for any of those beers in the building no, either. But there are great food options now. The food options over the last three years have expanded exponentially. All right. How much do they cost? It's not bad. Okay. Like, you can actually go get, like, good food for, like, slightly above market rates. <laughs> okay. We're getting there. We don't have All the Atlanta right. hot dogs yet. I'm, I'm not trying to show for the Blazers. Well, but go, they ha- let's go Atlanta Falcons price. Yeah, they have. Then- but they also yeah. have, like, kind of the bougier food now. Like, it's not just. Yeah, I know that. Like, so you can get good food. Yeah, they and brought the food carts yeah, in, which and it's, is great. And it's, it's not a complete kick in the teeth on the pricing. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. I'm they could be better. There's no there's no doubt about it, but it's it's not as bad as it could be. Hmm. All right. Well, it is Blazers and uh Spurs tonight, so yikes. Losing this game would both be the best and the worst thing possible. Explain. Worst in, thing possible because minutes. oh my god, people would just melt down, freak out, but it would be Wait, they're not already? No, I mean full tilt. Okay. I, I don't think we've hit full tilt yet. All right. Uh, well, I have this news for Blazer fans out there. Uh, over the mm. last 10 games, the Portland Trail Blazers are 2-8. and eight. The San Antonio Spurs over the last 10 games, 2-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. They've been the same team over the last 10 games. Whee! So let's not, uh, let's not call this one a layup, especially coming off of, in the second of a back-to-back, the way that the last night um, went for the Blazers. The sense of urgency is one thing that you want to see. You want to see a sense of urgency. Something the Blazers have, they've had a real tough time with that. I mean, in we've seen it coming off of tough stretches. It's like, all right, where is that sense of urgency? Are they going to come out swinging? No, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen, we haven't seen it really all, except for the first 15 games of the season. You Outside saw of that. You saw it in the Dallas games, too. They, they came out and they, they di- Dame did dictate those games. Well, somebody else has got to help. And that's, and that's the thing. I mean, goodness who, who should it be? Should it be Ant or should it be Jeremy? It should be Jeremy Grant at this point. Pay would tell you it should be Ant. Well, no. Technically, Jeremy still, well, will make more. Jeremy Grant, yeah. I think, is, is your name. And he's the veteran player. He's and that's the thing is, two. Jeremy's been good recently. Not great. Yeah. Well, So let's right. see. All right, well, uh, we'll da- we'll check the panic meter tomorrow. Also, we got a lot more uh, football. We got conference championships all lined up. All right, uh, coming up next, prime time with Isaac and Soup from three to seven. Uh, then the recruiting show with Andrew Nemec. Have a great Monday. See you Tuesday right here on the. Mm, bye. I'm also Thanks. a giant weenie. But I think it's a swag off. I'm here for the bang bang. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.